Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, dog at all things financial money investing and more. The headline news out there is disconcerting. Economic news is a little bit more uplifting. The vaccination news is kind of waffling. But India became the first country to report 400,000 new daily coronavirus cases. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Narinda Modi's party lost election in a key state, a sign of backlash over the handling of the pandemic. I'm dying. If I could go 30 years in the future and figure out what we look back on this period of time as, it feels like the word bungled. Had we shut down a little more effectively and we accepted the shot a little more open-mindedly, had it not become partisan? Joe Rogan said it best. I'm an effing idiot. Why people listen to me, I don't know. We're going to look back at 30 years ago. What exactly, why, why were people that naive? And political futures are going to be destroyed. Four people died and more than two dozen were injured in a boat crash off the San Diego coast. Border officials said the vessel appeared to have been smuggling migrants. Whatever side of the immigration debate you fall down on, that's not acceptable. We can't have citizens of this planet drowning, trying to live in a better world. Or maybe we can. Maybe we can. It doesn't seem 21st century evolved in my opinion. About a week from today, I'm going to be talking about Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live. That's turned into a bit of a show. Uh, Should he be on or should he not be on? Some cast members are like, why are we having a billionaire on? And the fact is, it'll be the highest ratings Saturday Night Live's had for the last five years as people tune in to watch maybe Irony Man. Instead of Iron Man, he'll come on as Irony Man. Something's got to come up with SpaceX and self-driving cars. No. The month of May has arrived. Yay. And everything is going according to script. Kentucky Derby was a thriller. The business media is spotlighting the sell in May and go away axiom. And the markets are moving higher. Positive bias has been scripted for the better part of 10 years, give or take a couple days, give or take a couple weeks, give or take a couple months. Typically on the first day of any new month, you and I, the working class of America, say, "Ah, we got some money. We just got paid second and fourth Friday of the month, and let's, let's get to work. There's typically fund inflows, if you were to get very granular with us. 
Warren Buffett said at Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting over the weekend that businesses are seeing substantial inflation and that businesses are raising prices. That's probably the most disconcerting thing that I can hear. You know, like when you watch a horror movie with teenagers and they're all seven of them, four good-looking guys, three good-looking women, three good-looking guys, one nerd, and four good-looking women all driving in a van or all making their way to the lake. And there's that old crazy wackadoodle at the gas station. Beware! Beware! In this case, that wackadoodle is the most successful investor of all time, Warren Buffett. And he's telling the teenagers there's substantial inflation ahead. And like, we're not afraid of substantial inflation. But he's telling them when you're young, you should be. You're going to be paying more for homes. You're going to be paying more in taxes to create roads for copper. You're going to be paying more for lumber for your home. You're going to be paying more for trees that wipe your butt with Kleenex and toilet paper. And that's going to sap your ability to earn money. And it's going to sap your ability to save money. It's going to sap your ability to invest money. It's a crazy old man, works Warren Buffett. Berkshire Hathaway saying, inflation ahead, inflation ahead. And I think people should listen a little bit. Maybe not get all panicked or hot and bothered. I always think of a cat in heat when I hear the word phrase hot and bothered. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. Because I could take that conversation another two or three minutes in my head, and I don't like where it's going. Some big headlines. Verizon selling its media unit, uh, basically Yahoo!, to Apollo Global Management for $5 billion. Apple's heading to court today against Epic Games in what's going to be a big one for the future of the App Store. Moderna's COVID vaccine is receiving emergency use listing from the World Health Organization and announced an agreement to supply up to 500 million doses to Vaccine Alliance. Now that paying customers have gone to the sidelines. Yeah. So that's how that works in Rob's mind. FedEx and UPS got upgraded to outperform from peer perform. Wells Fargo downgraded Clorox to underweight from overweight. Hmm. That's an interesting one because Clorox was one of those things that one year ago today, we'd be like, you got Clorox wipes at Safeway, you got Clorox wipes at the store. And then you do like a little research on how much it takes to supply chain Clorox into the, the system. You're like, I understand why we got back delays. Bank of America Securities is adding Walt Disney to its number one list and removing Comcast and Netflix. I looked at the upcoming movies for Netflix and boy, did I watch a stinker of a movie on Netflix this weekend. Maybe I'll embarrassingly admit to it later. It was a little bit of a ghost story. And it was awful. But I watched the whole thing. And a little part of me felt like that $15 a month that I spent on Netflix was was a little more justified. It was entertaining. It had so many plot holes. <laughs> oh, there's a dirty joke that I used to say on air that I can't say anymore. One day we're going to do a Rob Black After Dark podcast. And all my sense of humor is going to come out. Charlie Munger made headline news this weekend by criticizing Bitcoin for its extreme volatility and lack of regulation. He said, it's really kind of an artificial substitute for gold. And since I never buy any gold, I never buy any Bitcoin. 
Charlie Munger's 97 years old. He's a close investing associate of Warren Buffett's. He's the guy that I refer to as Big Eye, Little Eye. He said, Bitcoin reminds me of Oscar Wilde, what he said about fox hunting. I'm like, an Oscar Wilde quote? Oscar Wilde once said, fox hunting was the pursuit of the uneatable by the unspeakable. Wow. Man does not like Bitcoin, referring to it as disgusting. The most interesting research I did on this weekend was talking about the debate for the federal governments to shut it down around the world because Bitcoin is being used as you know, a scam. Not a scam, but email systems get hacked. Companies don't want it known that their email systems have been hacked, that all of your data from Facebook has been hacked, including your phone number, your social security, any number you've given them credit cards, it's all been hacked. And the hackers say, pay us $25,000 of Bitcoin and we'll go away. There's a real, real push by regulators to consider just ending it because it's so good at what it does, privacy and security of privacy. And governments don't like that. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, again, some areas of me, I'm just not that complicated. Scratch my feet and you tickle me every single time. I won't think twice about how do I can shut off that tickling mechanism. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. China plans to put 10 more launches to build its space station by the end of 2022. The only problem is there's no plan of what they do with their rockets after they're up there and how they drop back down to the earth safely or not. Eh, I guess I'll put that in the category of let's worry about that later. I did some research over the weekend. Um, I read a report out of Guidehouse Investors. And this is one of those fascinating things about, you know, I'm talking about space on one hand and rockets coming back down to Earth in a good way or bad way. And over the weekend, we saw four SpaceX astronauts land in the ocean. And it was like, kind of like, it's kind of nice. It's, it's almost entertaining in the sense of like, during COVID, we've gotten kind of too used to bad movies on Netflix. And you get the idea, right? So when you see rockets launch, you're like, ooh, it still has a spectacle. And rockets flash down, it still has a spectacle. But I was doing research on electric vehicles and... Self-driving cars, autonomous vehicles. So Guidehouse Insights, I, this is an expensive report. But he's talk, they're talking about who are the leaders in autonomous vehicles as far as the technology goes. And that's a good read. Because one thing you know about Tesla is they've got a CEO who's willing to say, we're the best at everything. And you, know, you don't necessarily believe them. Autonomous vehicle companies are moving slowly towards making their technology available to the public. Each year, this company at Guidehouse ranks some of the biggest names working on automated driving technologies, including the technology, the strategy, the partnerships. They all have to work together in the end, right? Waymo said first on their list, um, NVIDIA, Argo, Baidu, Companies whose mark companies whose work received high marks in 
2020 also showed up on 2021. It begs the question of how about some companies that are a little bit more secretive than others? But as far as Tesla goes, they say Tesla continues to push out incremental updates for its self-proclaimed full self-driving feature. Like prior updates, such a smart summon, both the major 2020 updates have been problematic. The traffic sign and signal recognition has been challenging with many customers reporting vehicles randomly stop at green lights before proceeding and often do not recognize basic signs such as stop signs. I, it's interesting being at a Tesla when you're at a stoplight and you hear your car go ding and you're like, oh, the light just turned green. But Tesla's probably gonna need to rethink their approach to developing their automated driving system. It's overpromised for over five years and it's severely underdelivered. So they're number 15 on the leaderboard. And you might have started this conversation in your head of automated driving system. I bet they're in the top three. Number 14, May Mobility, company you may not have heard of. They've got some pilot programs in Providence, Rhode Island, Columbus, Ohio. They've been troubled piloting development systems. It hopes to launch new services, but so far, it's got a higher rank than Tesla, and they got nothing. They got trials that are failing. There's a company called AutoX. They're one of six companies with permits for on-road testing without a safety operator in California. They've been testing for about two years out of China doing the same thing. AutoX has a large addressable market in China. It also faces significant competition. They would benefit from OEM partners that want to integrate their technology. So some interesting reads and then it gets a little like you start getting lost in it. Like there's a company called Gatic. They're targeting middle mile deliveries with light to medium duty commercial vehicles. Could be a very useful machine for grocery chains. Uh, Walmarts. Companies that would benefit from fully driverless areas. Very niche, but also very promising. Company called Yandex, who I have not heard from in about two or three years, but they used to be on the list. They're doing a lot of testing with very limited oversight. And a lot of companies like Uber have done that without any success and have given up. So what I'm kind of getting at is a lot of companies are failing or, or flogging, not flogging, fledgling. Something along those lines. Uh, then there's some companies that are focused on, instead of like going from mid-sized vehicles, they're just focused on small vehicles that can go from maybe a terminal that picks up your pizza and brings it to your home. In that whole robo-taxi last mile, train station to your home. A lot of economic advantages in something that's very programmed that is more of a maintenance kind of solution to self-driving. Um, if you think about it like a monorail where you go from point A to point B, but this time in more of a vehicle that deals with lights. We've already seen a company doing something similar to this called Zooks out of San Francisco, Foster City and Las Vegas. 
where it puts you in a strange little um it looks like a subway car a mini a miniature train car a miniature subway car and they're just deploying robo taxis let me jump to the top five in large part because there's some pretty cool things going out out there one of them is called motion or cruise uh motion made the list as well but cruise was the interesting one that i ear dogged the paper san francisco-based cruise hit several notable milestones in 2020 company's been doing extensive simulation testing of many global cities in preparation for eventually scaling commercial operations they've established strong base in san francisco strong base with oem partners um They've delayed their commercial launch, but they're lining up their partners wisely. Baidu makes the list. A company called Argo is number three. They've been actively developing its technology across multiple diverse locations. They're looking for a commercial launch for 2022. They've got relationships, Argo does, with Ford and VW to generate revenue over the next two years. NVIDIA is number two on the list. I bring up NVIDIA because all the players that I've talked about, the companies who are developing the pods or the robo-taxis or the vans or the cars, most of them are using NVIDIA semiconductors. If we're going to have autonomous driving cars, it's going to probably have NVIDIA hardware in it. Um, they got a mobilized silicon, which some degree has so much of their nvidia hardware in their systems it's got a strong position of computing and hardware um easier for software to develop around but number one on the list was waymo there's gonna be some consolidation is what i'm getting at it's an industry that's not ready yet and yet commercial trials are there more to come in the coming weeks months years on autonomous self-driving cars find me online at robblackshow.com Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So there's a nice long piece in Barron's this weekend where I once described my weekend habits to listeners and viewers as like to grab Barron's on Saturday morning, cup of coffee in the city, climb back home. Maybe it's a rainy Saturday morning, draw a hot tub, get in the tub and read Barron's cover to cover. It's one of those magazine newspapers that I, I feel is worth the investment. Um, it's expensive. It adds your cost of media every month. But I think it's totally worth it. Each edition, if you were to pay $5 at the newsstand, ain't cheap. But I think you'll get a wealth of knowledge. And I think what they offer on the internet is stunning. So this re- weekend, I was reading a little bit about marijuana in the United States. And how can I use this to um, stoke listeners to think about investing? The headline was Made in America. The tagline was, as U.S. rapidly loosens its marijuana laws, domestic partners have an edge over their better-known Canadian rivals. Huh. There was a point in time where Canada was coming up with marijuana factories two years ago so fast that 
every person in Canada could be high for one hour. <laughs> they were oversupplying. I don't know if that's, I don't even know what that means. Um, the House of Representatives passed a bill by three to one that would allow the pot industry to use the federally regulated banking system. They did that on April 19th. It was a silent little story. Senate Democratic leaders support a matching bank bill. Meanwhile, COVID-19 has left state governments desperate for tax revenue. States like New York, Virginia, and New Mexico recently joined the 13 other states that have allowed recreational sales to adults. Over time, recreational sales will probably come to the 20 states that now allow sale by prescription only. That could spur the remaining state holdouts to fall in line if federal legalization doesn't happen first. So sales can't help but grow here. Grow like a weed. Sales of the cannabis chains right now are already doubling and tripling. Companies are profitable. There's a company called True Leave. Operating cash flow margins about 46% in December's quarter. But they're still weighed down by federal laws that impose tax penalties, prevent interstate shipment, and keep exchange-traded funds and mutual funds from buying their stocks. All those impediments should start to fall away. How do you want to play the cannabis boom? Well, take two years ago. Take a look and see if you can handle it. Because with the boom, there'll come pullbacks and they'll become winners and losers. I would try to stay away from the marijuana newsletters and the aggressive cheerleaders of the marijuana as an investment industry. But there's no doubt about it. The market caps of the eight biggest cannabis companies add up to about $33 billion. That's four times the $7.5 billion in sales that analysts forecast for next year. Ten times expected cash flows. This isn't cheap. The illegal market for marijuana is probably twice what the legal market is in the United States of about $40 billion. If the history of alcoholic beverage industry is any guide, customers will eventually come over to the legal market and stop buying moonshine from their neighbors and start buying beer from the grocery store. Again, this is happening and this is coming. How you play it is up to you. Canada became the first developed country to fully legalize marijuana in 2018. You saw companies like Aurora Cannabis build sprawling greenhouses. They want plans to become the world's supplier. I don't know. Something tells me Maui Waui and California are going to somehow figure out how to beat Canada at making marijuana. But that could be just me giving the competitive edge to the USA. If marijuana growing was a Olympic sport, something would tell me we would do well in London this year. Is it in London? No, it's not in London, is it? Where's the Olympics at? Uh, Japan. That's less than 100 days away. So that's about 90 days away, I believe. What will it look like? Who will get sick? What headlines will come out? I think two years ago, we might have been talking about terrorism at the Olympics. And now we're talking about COVID at the Olympics. Cureleaf's 2020 taxes. They're a big player. Ticker symbol C-U-R-L-F. 
they amounted to about 83 million, which is a tax rate effective of about 378,000%, not 378%, which is pretty unconstitutional. Um, some of these companies are paying 80% tax rates. That's got to reverse, in my opinion. But again, I'm not a, a big marijuana expert when it comes to investing. Federal laws have made it very difficult for anyone who wants to get in the industry to succeed financially, especially with banking relationships. So it's going to happen again. There's going to be a big push. I would consider a mutual fund to cut down on your risk or an exchange traded fund. The big company in Florida, which is doing really well, is called TrueLeave. It commands half of Florida's cannabis sales with 480,000 registered patients at 79 dispensaries. Sales doubled in 2020. I, and again, I don't know, like if my dad were alive, would he be like, oh, you shouldn't talk about marijuana, it's bad. Um, or should I? Because again, it's if it's out there, I gotta educate you. Um, all I'll tell you, the names and the industries, there's, I would get like, there's a, an ETF that devised a clever way to let us investors bet on America in the industry. And it's ticker symbol as MSOS, which is the advisors, pure us cannabis index. It holds stock swap positions in us operators, keeping the fund on the right side of the federal law, but you kind of got to play this weird backdoor way of investing in a company. And it's kind of like when, I don't know, you're a kid and you're like, mom, dad, can you drop me off in the corner before we get to school so my, my, my friends don't see us? Or you tell a girlfriend, no, you got to go out the back of your door. My neighbors aren't allowed to see that I have a good girlfriend. And she's like, what? I know you're saying, did that ever happen to you, Rob? Maybe. And asking that person to go out the back door is never an easy thing. But the whole industry is kind of like going through the back door right now. And it, that's going to be your impediment to rest. That's going to be your, your, your problem to get through. There's still some problems with the marijuana industry. So you have to treat it very wisely, very patiently. As an investor, you're going to hit some turbulence. Turbulence typically makes you feel really uncomfortable. I ask you, the listener. How many of you have been in a plane with a lot of turbulence? And like you're like, yeah, me, me, definitely, yeah. Did you think you were gonna die? Yes. Did you die? No. Or how many of you died and no one answers? Because if you're dead, you're not gonna be listening, right? There's some of that going on here. Oh, remember our last segment? I did the whole 15 companies that are getting really great report, or 15 companies reported results on autonomous driving, and Tesla came in at 15 out of not number one, 15. Two was the most interesting one to me in video. It basically says they're not trying to do the automated driving. They're trying to sell the technology to companies that develop it. It's like if you can go back and invest in bullets during a war, do you want to sell the bullets? Do you want to sell the guns or do you want to go fight? I'd rather sell the bullets. Um, Tesla's quarter wasn't a good quarter. I wanted, I wanted to state that when we talked last, when I was talking about the top 15 autonomous driving cars and they came in as 15. And I can tell you, I've driven in a Tesla once where 
the whole console reboots its software. You're like, this is the smartest car ever. It could see green lights. It could see cars 70 feet in front of me. It could see cars on the side. Of oh, everything's gone. And that smart car suddenly becomes very, very stupid, very fast. And it's disconcerting. Um, so I wasn't surprised by that report that they're pretty far behind. Just throwing it out there for you. Elsewhere out there, a foldable iPhone with screen larger than the iPad minis coming to the market in 2023. Um, the foldable model is considered a must-have for major smartphone brands. I'm not going to make a bold statement like, eh, it's not for me, therefore it's not going to sell. But you almost need to blur the product segmentations between smartphones, tablets, and laptops. But you have to have a good ecosystem that can survive that. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I haven't looked at the markets a lot this morning. I've talked a lot about Warren Buffett and what he sees as far as inflation. That's not great. Charlie Munger sees Bitcoin as um, not his favorite idea, that's for sure. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. We open May with a big move up in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, a little less so in the tech-heavy NASDAQ. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, dog at all. Things financial money investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Well, the stories that I've hit upon that I'll hit upon one more time as we wrap up. Foldable iPhone with a screen larger than an iPad mini is coming in 2023. It's not that we need it. It's that the phone companies that make phones don't want to be caught without it in case we figure out that we need it. Warren Buffett said he's seeing substantial inflation in all the companies, not all the companies, but in companies that he controls like Procter & Gamble, companies like Whirlpool, Kimberly Clark, are all raising costs. Whirlpool makes uh, washers and dryers and refrigerators. They're seeing steel costs up 12%. Lumber costs, like I told you on Friday, Joe Biden needs to call Justin Trudeau and go, Mr. Trudeau, I speak Canadian, please, let's end the tariffs. We need to like start opening up some of these commodities that are seeing massive inflation because they're, it's going to be passed on to us, which we will not like. CEO of Activision Blizzard, and they're not having a great year, and I own shares of Activision Blizzard. It's literally like the video game industry is having a great year, but unless you're having the greatest year, you're not having the best year. So Electronic Arts is in a good position. Take Two is in a good position. Activision... People are starting to throw out rumors that they're going to miss their Call of Duty shipment this year. Because usually by now we have a pretty good idea what's coming out, when it's coming out, and what it's going to look like. But their CEO said something more interesting than talking about his stock. He says a Ready Player One-like metaverse is coming. I read the book Ready Player One, and watching the movie, it's a lot easier for Americans to really digest. Trying to compare it to Fortnite, where your kids have 20 different skins they can get into. Um, skins being clothes, like Malibu Barbie, Lawyer Barbie, um, Vacation Barbie. What type of Barbies were there? Manhattan Barbie. 
and they have all the different clothes you can put on. Same thing happens in video games now. And the CEO is saying like, hey, the idea of the metaverse, it goes back to Alan Kay, who was Xerox Palo Alto Research Center, became chief scientist at Atari. Did a big study on the idea of a living, breathing simulation where we'll be able to get our bodies and our images into content and simulation experiences. Maybe you could think of Star Trek as like where they get to go into that machine that takes them and they get to be cowboys. And then for the whole episode, they can't get the machine to get them back to space. So they have to stay as cowboys. And if Kirk dies as a cowboy, we'll be dead in real life. The metaverse is something we're talking more and more about because a couple weeks ago, I saw uh, a tech demo from Fortnite that basically lets me use a webcam to capture my face and put it into a video game. And it's creepy fast and creepy better than you would think. Um, so the metaverse is something that's out there in augmented reality and virtual reality. It's still being talked about. And while it's still being talked about, it's still being pursued. While it's being pursued, development dollars are going into it because when it becomes more normalized, it'll allow more things to happen. One of the weird parts about the mass shootings that I'm reading recently in the United States is the guilt, not the guilt, the finger pointing at basically 21-year-old sexually frustrated boys buying guns and killing people. And some of the solutions might lie in the metaverse where people can enjoy love and enjoy being important. Like, that's weird to think about. No. Elsewhere in my notes that I didn't quite get to today that I should have American Express reported a first quarter volume recovery, signaling once again that the reopening is very much so happening. American Express is a bit of a canary in a coal mine, telling us that it's safe to go back down. Charlie Munger has doubled down on his criticism of disgusting Bitcoin. I refer to Charlie Munger as not a very good-looking 97-year-old man. And your response is? Whatever your response is, it is what it is. So I'm letting you lock that one in. So basically saying the cryptocurrency has become useful to kidnappers and extortionists. And it's contrary to the interests of civilization. Now that's on one hand, right? What's on the other hand? where we're seeing more and more of a legitimization of Bitcoin with more transactions happening. I think that I think there's going to be a still a big day of comeuppance. Well, you're seeing Twitter CEO and founder Jack Dorsey teaming up with Jay-Z for a Bitcoin endowment in India. Coinbase, the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the United States, listed in the NASDAQ in April. Um, now, Munger and Buffett aren't alone in their hesitation on crypto, but I feel like when they're both dead in 10 years, we're not going to be able to look back and say, did you change your mind? Because neither one was big into tech companies in the 1990s. And a big tech company in the 1990s that they avoided was a company like a Yahoo. A company that rose to power, was dominant, was more known not as a search engine, but as kind of a, a landing site that would take you to other sites. A landing page, for lack of a better turn at this point. I wonder if in 10 years from now, Charlie Munger's going to go, we should have invested in tech stocks in the 90s. When Warren Buffett got into tech, I was like, uh-oh. Like, granddad's playing to my sandbox now. 
I, I question is Jack Dorsey and Jay-Z is the Xbox and PayPal, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, KFC, the Habit Burger Grill. Are they going to regret getting into Bitcoin because it's disgusting, as Charlie Munger said, or is Charlie Munger 97 years old and a little bit out of touch? Elon Musk announced that Tesla would accept Bitcoin. Like, there's some real transactions happening. Not many, but some. And yes, there's extortion of corporate America. You've been hacked. We have your data. Give us 25,000 Bitcoins in two days. Otherwise, lose all your data and we'll go public. There's, there's a big debate going on there. And I would say history is going to probably be mean, Charlie Munger. But maybe it's too early to say. Federal regulators can make Bitcoin go away with a snap of a finger, but will they? Because there's a lot of questions about what about the people that have, have thrown real money into this? You throw real money into crack cocaine and you lose it all if you get arrested. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.